Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. Oh, I've got a sad point of view to talk about. We're all hoping that when Biden comes in and we get rid of Trump, the world is magically going to get better. And um, I think there is some truth to that. Um, but I also think it's a little bit of foolishness. The problems that led to Trump's rise, the problems that led to the riot, the problems that led to a divided nation, the problems that led to uh, biased media, all of it still exists. Not one thing has changed. Trump came along and he had a lighter and he could light he could light the tinderbox like he did on the Capitol. But the conditions that led to what happened in the Capitol, the conditions that led to Trump's election all exist and if anything, they're being made worse by our current direction. Now let me uh, back that up. If that doesn't make you mad or sad or whatever, but it's all right. I'm going to speak up anyway. And I think um, the Democrats are just as responsible as the Republicans. Maybe if you want to give Republicans 51%. If you want to give them 60%, I don't really care. You give Democrats only 40%. But it's not even Democrats versus Republican that causes this problem. We're divided over things that are not... Um, we've, we've got a common enemy that neither one of us can see. I started, a lot of my thoughts about this was by an article in the Consortium News, which I found that to be one of the more balanced uh, things I've read. It's not all anti-Trump. It actually has some arguments on both sides and it's a pretty well written article. And the article was written January 13th Trump impeached amid efforts to silence him. It's written in the Consortium News, which can you can find it on the internet. It's written by a guy jo, Joe Loria, L-A-U-R-I-A. The headline is, Trump has been impeached again, and this time the Republican-controlled Senate may convict to keep him from running in 2024. A Democrat-aligned big tech moves to shut him, shut him down, I'm talking about Trump, reports Joe Laria. If he's convicted, um, 
besides being removed from office. Uh, the 14th Amendment also disqualifies anyone to hold office who shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. So if he's convicted for uh, impeached for insurrection, then he won't be able to run in 2024. So this is kind of a big move to um, eliminate the problems we have by getting rid of Trump. Maybe getting rid of Trump's not a bad idea, but I think it's an illusion to believe the problems are going away. Impeachment says Donald Trump engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors by inciting violence against the government of the United States. Uh, I think actually in a legal court, it would be hard to, not impossible, but it, it would take a little bit of work to convict him of that. Obviously, impeachment is a political process. Yeah, he did release, release false statements, at least according to our sources. Sunday 60 Minutes had something on that said Pelosi had called Trump deranged, unhinged, and dangerous. But is he any more deranged, unhinged, and dangerous than the Democrats who enjoyed Republicans to vote in 20 in 2003 to invade and occupy a nation that posed no threat to the United States. How would one describe Pelosi's response in 2019 when she, when asked why she opposed impeaching George Bush for that in, invasion, a crime of aggression, the worst war crime according to the Nuremberg Tribunal. I'm pardon my reading there, it's kind of sloppy. Because of that invasion, Bush was still far more dangerous and, and more dangerous president than, than even Trump. So this is making an argument I think is a little beside the point. Uh, yeah, Bush invading Iraq was not a good deal. And we killed millions of people there. And yes, it should be a war crime. And I kind of agree with that. Uh, but I'm not sure how that's really relevant so but it's what's building here is a case to say that if we get rid of Trump we get rid of the problem um, so then getting rid of him includes not only um, getting him out of the presidency but getting him out of the newsroom so we're hoping that Fox doesn't become an outlet for Trump. But Trump has 70 million voters. Who wouldn't want an audience of 70 million voters? And would us Democrats tune in to hear Trump talk on, on Fox? I bet we would. That's a huge audience. Can MSNBC... CNN not cover any of his talks? How's that going to work out? So I think we're kidding ourselves that even if we get him out of the presidency, um, he's not going to have a huge following and audience. And if Fox makes 
the decision not to carry Trump. Don't you think he can get some people to back him on an online uh, forum where he can speak every day to his followers? Setting that up, I could afford it. There's not much to it. A few million dollars, and well, I couldn't afford a few million because mine would be, you know, like this broadcast, pretty cheap and low. A few million dollars can set Trump up in business with his own social media platform. It would pull away millions of people from Twitter. And it would divide social media into two camps like cable news has already done. So how is this getting rid of Trump going to work? So, But let's say somehow none of that happens. Right now... 70 million people believe Trump is the champion who fights for their interest. Okay, we can make an argument about, about that. He cut taxes for the rich. Uh, he didn't get offshore manufacturing jobs. Um, he didn't bring home workers and working class soldiers from, from forever wars. He deregulated business at workers' expense. He saw income inequality widen under his watch. He didn't support federal minimum wage. And he mismanaged the pandemic. So yeah, he's not really the champion for the working class. But they believe he is. Now, how can they hold that against the facts? Because Trump is causing chaos in a government that they believe has forsaken them. What has the government done for the working class since Bill Clinton? The misery of the American workers and shrinking of the middle class began a long time before Trump. Both Democrats and Republicans are to blame. Bill Clinton moved his party firmly behind neoliberal economic policies, which started under Reagan, and have devastated workers. All presidents since, including Trump, have adhered to these policies. This is still coming out of the article. The justified anger of America has reached the boiling point. It was certainly a seminal moment in their use in recent U.S. history to see people breaking windows to get into the people's house. The establishment has been spooked since the Democratic and Republican voters' insurgencies of 2016 election. The Trump 
talked a good anti-establishment game. He is firmly, firmly entrenched in it. But, you know, it wasn't just Trump, it was Bernie. Rising popularism, popularism on both left and right, though fighting for many of the same economic and foreign policy goals, appears inevitably headed to a clash. The one solution to this metasizing crisis is what Congress and even the incoming Biden administration are refusing to do. Okay, we're kind of, this is a big buildup. Why when Trump goes away, popularism, 70 million people, and that number is going to grow. And it's going to exceed the number on the Democratic side. And why? Government must address the needs of the people who pay their salaries. Are they going to face increasing violent revolts? However, to address the needs of the working poor, the wealthy donors that run this country are going to get upset. So is it going to happen? Probably not. The agenda is really pretty simple. The United States must start treating their working poor like every other major Western economy in the world. No, we're okay, you say. United States is like the best, man. Here's the, um, what's got to happen to stop another Trump from coming up. You ready for it? First, we have to radically cut defense spending. We have to get it in line with the rest of the world. We can't spend more money on defense than the top 10 enemies or other countries in the world. 10x. Is that... So there's... Uh, the budget's like $700 billion, but the real money we spend on defense is divided along a lot of... Uh, America, the military-industrial complex in this country is trillions. You can't be on constant war footing and at the same time have a domestic policy that takes care of the other things that I'm going to bring up on this list. And yet, you see the Democrats advocating for a reduce in the military budget. It's reality. You can't spend that much money and still take care of this country. You hear your Democratic friends? Why? Because the military-industrial complex is the biggest gold mine for corporate America in the history of the world. There is nothing even close to it. Yeah, you want America strong and you want them to be on top of the game and you want them to be able to control the world. Well, we can't do that and take care of this nation. 
If you want more Trump, Trump's coming out of the woodwork, we keep that policy up. Somebody has to speak up. It can't go on. Is that simple enough? But the established interests are going to keep the military-industrial complex alive and well, and it's going to keep us afraid of enemies that don't exist. Yeah, Russia exists and China exists, but there's a big leveler called nuclear weapons. None of us can attack the other countries because they all have nuclear weapons. And that's another whole problem right there, but we're not going down that rat hole today. So from a defensive posture, we could spend $100 million on defense and nobody would still touch us because we'd still have nuclear weapons. And the same thing, we're not going to touch China and we're not going to touch Russia because they have nuclear weapons. Now, you want to get a conventional war? Maybe that's going to happen. You want to get better cyber war? Yeah. But as far as defending and the United States, as long as we have nuclear weapons, no one is going to come on our border. So everything above that level is luxury and a judgment. Right now, you can't have a trillion-dollar military um, and peop- the actual cost people put much higher, but we'll, we'll we'll go with a trillion. But it's actually trillions when you factor in the cost of the wars, which are all, you know, they're not the standard budget when you go to Iraq and Iran and uh, proxy wars in Yemen. And we have we're we're dropping bombs on seven countries in the world. We don't even, that's not even on the news. Why? Because the military industrial establishment controls the media on that. And we have no interest because we're being fed other stuff lately. We're being fed crap from Trump. Okay, that's number one. Provide national health insurance. Who the hell is stopping that? Insurance companies. Our whole medical establishment is a big business. Pharmaceuticals that makes a lot of damn money. Lots of money. The goal is not to take care of American people. That's an illusion. I have a brother that lives in Texas, and the amount of times that he's had to get help from me to get, like, he had blood clots. Uh, they gave him shots in the hospital, and, and then they gave him a prescription that was, like, for a thousand bucks and said, You got to go get more. And he said, What if I don't? Because I don't have a thousand bucks. I said, You'll die. Or you can come in after you have a heart attack, and then we'll treat you. That's the kind of nation we live in. And everybody, I'm sure, has their own gory stories. The people in New York that were uh, in the hospital, 
they're getting bills in the twenty, thirty thousand, fifty thousand dollars for their time fighting COVID. They don't have a job. They don't have food. They just survived COVID, and now they're getting big, huge bill, or their children are getting big, huge bills. That's the nation we live in with medical. America is great if you're a rich person to be sick. If you're a poor person on the other end of the spectrum, it sucks. Now, Trump has convinced everybody that socialism, um, and he's actually made it worse and made the problem harder to solve. But even, you know, I, I appreciate Obama's effort, but he really tried to build something on top of a system. Uh, this public option that uh, Biden is uh, going to try to push forth, he's going to get a lot of pressure from the medical establishment, and that's going to get bastardized, and uh, we're going to take something uh, that works pretty well right now, Medicare, although it doesn't pay enough. But that's going to be bastardized because money will go through a different route than the existing medical system. That's problem number two, military, medical Invest in green infrastructure. We may actually make some progress there. But we'll see. We, we've talked before that uh, the Democratic Party is taking the easy route on the green, let's say the Green Deal, they're taking the easy and popular stuff. That's a whole nother broadcast. But it's a start. Well, let's see if they do it. And they build the infrastructure up, uh, especially the power grid. So that could be a good thing. Whether that gets bastardized so much because it's against the interest of the oil industry, the petroleum industry, um, Canada right now is asking for a rehearing on Keystone Pipeline to bring crude oil, the shale oil, from Alberta. I let's see how powerful the oil industry is. I think we're going to be surprised. Anyway, that hasn't happened. We've got some good talk there, so that's num- item number three on my list. Raise the minimum wage. Is that going to happen? And that'll only be national. Will it happen at the state level? Who wants that? Corporate America doesn't want to pay more. Amazon's kind of bowed a little bit to pressure and Walmart a little bit. But most people cannot get enough money to put food on their table and take care of the medical bills. Okay, that's number three. Forgive student debt. Education through college happens in the rest of the world, in the industrialized world. Or at least they provide education in the trades 
We have some god-awful $20 trillion of debt. Who's making that money? Why are we getting, you know, the government loans money at 2% and students get charged 6%, 8%. My daughters have loans that high because I know because I'm co-signed on them. My oldest daughter has $100,000. She's a therapist, and she was supposed to get uh, relief because she worked 10 years with the poor people in Philly. And DeVos came in and said she didn't qualify because she refinanced some of her loans, trying to get a lower interest rate. Zillions of, of people... My daughter-in-law has similar debts. The rest of the world recognizes that having their people educated gives them a competitive advantage in the world. We got to stand up and have that argument. It also impoverishes tens of millions of people. People that look like they're making it in America. They've gone to school for four years. They get a job, like my daughter, making 50000 a year. 50000 a year is squat when you're paying back $100,000. You're paying back house payment. And right at the time of your life when you should be buying a house having kids. Now, is that going to happen? No, the banks make a lot of damn money. Banks, financial institutions, they provide the money to get our politicians elected. So that is probably not going to happen. There may be some token there that the elites allow. So forgive student debt and Provide free state higher education. Allow people to get out of the poor class. Here's another one we're not going to see. I don't know if I got this number five or six on here. We have to encourage reunionization. Workers get screwed when they deal with corporate America. They don't have enough power. There's a power imbalance there. I used to be dead against unions. I got my first job walking across a union picking line at a copper smelter in El Paso. Car behind me got a brick through the windshield. And I made all the arguments how unions don't cooperate and they make it much more uh, expensive to work here and yes unions did a lot of bad stuff but that doesn't mean that we don't need unions mm-hmm. unions that they have their heads on straight and they're working with management to be productive profitable uh, and make a good and safe workplace not unions that are just fighting against management but I've seen the last place I worked at Dressarand in a real job, um, the CEO made his fame and got huge bonuses.
because he took away uh, paying for the premiums for for uh, health insurance for the workers. While the company was making huge profits. And he got bonuses for that. That's corporate America. And that's what they're doing to the working class. And finally, this is kind of an immediate uh, situation. But you need some kind of basic income for the poor people during the pandemic. This one-time check things is a, you know, like, it's a big battle and it's like Santa Claus has come down and uh, all of a sudden help the working class poor who are nothing. So on each of those issues... Corporate America, the elites, the rich in this country have blocked efforts to do any of the the half dozen things that I've just said here. But if you want to get rid of Trumpism, and you can go all the arguments how Trump doesn't isn't helping either. Um, yeah, he did a brainwashing on people. But when you take away the brainwashing and you take away Trump, those issues are still there. People are still struggling. And roughly, I would say 40% of people are struggling because that's the level of support that Trump's had um, since the beginning of time. He's leaving office at 41%, and he's been right at that number uh, his whole presidency. So... Maybe not all of them. Some of them uh, are there for different reasons. Some of them are there because they're Republicans who um, support some of the same positions. But it's also all of these issues are not being strongly supported with the possible exception of the Green Deal. And yet we've got to see something happen. And with the possible exception of Uh, public option for Medicare. None of these are being supported by Democrats in any meaningful way. Let's go down the list one more time. Reduce military spending. Because you can't stay on a war footing and do the kind of things we need to do to take care of our country. Not a Democrat in the world is advocating that. Not even Bernie. Provide national health insurance or national medical care. Invest in green infrastructure. Maybe. That's a maybe for Democrats. Raise minimum wage. We're getting a lot of lip service. Let's see if it happens. Let's see if it happens in a meaningful way. $15 an hour 10 years from now doesn't mean squat. Forgive student debt. A little buzz happening there on the fringes. 
Well, let's let's see if my daughter's hundred thousand dollar debt goes away. Provide free state higher education. Pay for education to a higher level than we are now. There's some action on community colleges, but let's get a four-year degree in there. Because if you're going to make it in this world and not be poor, uh, unfortunately, you need that ticket or you need a trade, uh, trade school. But even with the trade school, you need a union taking care of you because otherwise you're pretty much screwed. Uh, Republicans would say you become an entrepreneur, which I, I think is a, in somewhat a valid argument, but then we've got to educate people on how to do that, basic business courses and give them skills. Like I would love to have a good handyman around here. Um, and I'd be willing to pay for them. I don't argue about the pay. I argue that they don't show up. They don't know what they're doing. It's not easy to find them. And provide a basic income for people, especially like the during the pandemic. Maybe always. I'm, I'm okay with that. So, when you start saying, well, why did Trumpism happen? I'm not sure you can look at Trump followers and get the answer. They are, in general, white, uneducated uh, workers. The key word is being uneducated. I think the majority of educated people can't break down the issues that's causing and leading to the alienation of America. And I'm not so sure the ancient Texans is the best spokesperson for them. I know I'm not. But I'm making an effort. And I think we need to spend a whole hell of a lot less time beating on Trump and beating on Trumpism and spend a whole lot more time understanding why Trump has 40% support. That's a lot of damn Americans. What's going wrong in America? What is not getting fixed that leads to the problem? Trump didn't cause the problems that we have. This country being run by corporate elites, the banking industry, the medical industry, the the military-industrial complex, those determine who gets elected, determines who has financing, to run campaigns that cost a billion damn bucks, even sometimes for senators now. So anyway, this is the ancient Texan asking America to start thinking about the core problems in this country and how we're going to do something about it. 
Start off with the hardest one of all, the military-industrial complex. How are we going to get someone elected that can lead a revolution to defund the military? And I thought it was really stupid when we said that for defund the police. What a stupid idea. Redirect the, the police. But this defund the military is not a stupid idea. It's really core to solving a lot of problems. If we make a little headway on that, maybe we can start off on a few of the others. This is the ancient Texan, a little upset with us not addressing the core problems that are leading to popularism. And what's a really scary thought is Bernie people, and I love love the guy because I think his heart's pretty good. I think his policies are a little dangerous. They're a little radical. Uh, what he wants to have happen, I don't think is radical. I think a lot of what he's advocating for, I'm completely for, and it's some of them on this list. Um, I think his unwillingness to compromise so that we actually get something to happen is where I fault Bernie. But if we could all be as good Americans as Bernie is, I think it would be okay. This is the ancient Texan. Hoping I'm giving you something to think about. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.